everyone, welcome to the 69th episode of In The Between. My name is Nadia. And this is Benny. And today we're going to be thinking about luxury mm-hmm. and freebies. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would like some free luxury, please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but, but two words that you wouldn't yeah. usually put together. Exactly. Um, I, actually, um, when we still could travel and we used to bring our students to Hong Kong mm. um, and they would go to the LVMH office. And I remember that one of the first like talks they would give to them is like, the background of luxury right and how luxury has always been like you know something that humans would seek right yeah. so i don't know like special dyes and in, in ancient china they would have like um craft was a big part of like luxury basically anything that was hard to get was luxurious mm, yeah to me luxury is really about being taken care of um so you know someone putting in the care to make something really exquisite for you to enjoy um, so it's like a reminder of like how life can be beautiful mm. but we are prompted by an incident that of course everyone knows about um, to talk about this idea of luxury so of course everyone must have heard about Chanel's advent calendar mm-hmm. and how you know it sort of came into the spotlight because of this TikTok video by um, someone called Elise Harmon Okay, um, barring the fact that like I don't really enjoy this call-out culture that is really sort of like burgeoning on TikTok, it's interesting for us to think about why people were upset about it and also what I guess Chanel might have been thinking putting this together because I don't think they intended for it, you know, to be something they will be burned about. They probably thought that it was really creative, that people would enjoy getting it. Um, so what do you what do you think, Danny? Yeah, um, I think that it. It was really interesting to see because there was this writer, I, I need to pull out her name, but she wrote about how brands should be very worried mm. because they can't just do like a top-down approach and anything that they pull up, they just have to make sure that all their products are always impeccable and are always, you know, they should be proud of every single thing that they churn out. Mm. So if they feel if there's any doubt at all that, for example, this app and calendar is just... You know, um, as the TikTok user said, full of things that people have fu- have gotten for free at events. Yeah. Um, they would they is that really how they would like to equate their brand? Mm, I hear that, but it's almost as if like you know they kind of shot themselves in in the foot because they were giving these items free at events, or they would send it to like customers who were loyal, right? Yes. Um, and so we are kind of used to getting these freebies. So that's another angle that I think we could explore because yes. people are getting used to getting free things yes. like free coverage um, free items and because of that we have high expectations I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing but I just thought that it was rather unkind how they were sort of shot down because of how this was created how the event calendar was created mm-hmm. I, I think it does come to this idea of value and mm. the brands, brands like Chanel and Hermes and Dior, you know, all the, the brands that have a long maybe couture history, uh, craftsmanship history, they are always pushing that that idea through the exhibitions they do, through the advertisements, through the experiences they create. They're trying to tell you why it's worth thousands of dollars to pay for this because of the material. Mm. So they're, they're trying to always justify the value of their objects. So if you have objects that you on one hand give for free and then on the other you are charging for just because they're accumulated and packaged, 
Yeah. Does that mean that the value of the packaging and the branding itself, just by chopping it, is worth now, let's say the Avon calendar was $800. Mm. So I think it's this idea of value and, and yeah, and I mean, I'm sure that objects like these and like lower ticket items are always a way to get younger audiences to buy into the brand. Right. But the audiences now are not buying it. Like the the ones who are on TikTok, they are, or maybe they, they just um, found something to, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I kind of I, I kind of feel like half siding with Shana and thinking like, okay, you know, they tried their best. And then half siding with the TikTok creator, um, thinking like, yeah, you know, for eight hundred dollars, eight hundred plus dollars, I mean it's almost a thousand dollars, you could actually get something functional rather than something that's supposed to be like for a season, um, something that's meant to be fun, something that you open every day. Uh, for a little surprise so I get that you know the element of surprise is also gone because if you open it up and it's something that you have seen before then it's like oh okay whatever right and it might infuriate you thinking that well now I'm going to open up everything because like am I in for disappointment every day so then the idea of the event calendar is again turned on its head and it's no longer about being surprised but being disappointed mm-hmm. um, I thought after you know looking at this Chanel advent calendar um, of this other article I, I sent to Danny. Uh, a few days before, and it was about this artist called Zhou Yati, who tried to live for free in Beijing, I think for a week. Yes. Right? And she did this by dressing up as if she were rich. Um, so she had, you know, a fake Hermes bag. I forget now what else she had. But, you know, in, in essence, it was supposed to be like an art project that she did. And she was trying to see if she could really you know, get into, I don't know, like parties for free. Um, she could like sleep in luxury hotels without being, you know, um, suspected yeah, lobby, of, right? of being yeah. like homeless. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really interesting to read this against what was happening in the Chanel Evan calendar because then we have this sort of scale of luxury and how, you know, it's meant to communicate different ideas about who you are um, but also about what a brand is. And in this case, what's interesting is I think her MS bag was like her passport to luxury. Yeah. Um, even though the MS bag itself was not real. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's all those signals of what, um, you know, how we communicate to each other. And in this specific um, example, she's mm-hmm. trying to communicate that she's wealthy, she comes from a certain class, mm-hmm. and so there's no questions asked. Right? Yeah. to the spaces that these objects allow her to move in and, and go into. And that's quite interesting how she can view that. And I, I think one of the comments was that the reason why she can do this is because she's privileged to be able to, mm-hmm. to be privy to, privy to all this information of mm. how um, people like this communicate their wealth. Yeah. social status and I think it goes to show that Hermes has done a really good job in kind of retaining the idea that it is a luxury label right that mystique is there the idea of like quality is there and in effect Chanel is sort of suffering from that the reason why people are upset about the advent calendar I think is not just about the price of the advent calendar but because they've done such a good job of being this like standard of luxury mm-hmm. that when something doesn't match up to that expected standard, people are like, hey, come on, you know, you can do better than this because we know that you're better than this. So, you know, these are two kind of different sort of case studies because one is about a personal art project and one is about this like product that really got the community up in arms. Um, but really it just boils down, I think, to the fact that luxury labels, you know, 
do set that standard that everyone else is looking towards, that everyone else expects them to then, you know, um, hold true, hold firm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's our commentary of saying that there is no simple definition of luxury. Um, but you know, it's it's aspirational. All of us know these brands, all of us love these brands. Some of us, in spite of ourselves, we love these brands. And um, you know, it's it's really, I think, calling towards us for how we have this pursuit of happiness that we think we're gonna get through owning these products or um, the life that we can have access to because of these products as yeah. with Zoe's project. Yes. Yeah. So well, um, the life that we can get to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And of course, like, I love the idea of <laughs> counterfeit things. So I thought this project was really fascinating. Um, but, you know, if we think about how the community reacts to, you know, definitions of luxury as well, I mean, with Zoe's project, people are also upset with her. Because they are thinking, like you said, you know, that she is already privileged, that she got into this school. Um, I think there's something to be said as well, that she is uh, a beautiful young girl, just like Elise Harmon, who created that TikTok video about Chanel, was, is also a beautiful girl, right? So sometimes I think that gets buried in all these like calling out culture and, and whatnot. But um, that in itself is capital that you can get to access the life or to become a spokesperson yeah. for something yeah yeah the various types of capital that's true and the, yeah and the capital of beauty exactly <laughs> um so i mean that's an unexpected thing to think about as we're talking about definitions of luxury um but you know you were telling me also that right now there is this redefining of luxury i mean hermes and chanel there are these like heritage brands they've been around for a long long time and we all know about them but there are all these like up and coming brands mm. um so tell us about like something you bought recently uh, yeah, so um, I was telling Nadia that there are young brands, for example, Telfar by uh, Clements, Telfar Clements. Mm -hmm. um, they, the, the tagline for the brand is like every, um, not for you, but for for us or something like that. Ba okay. Basically, the idea of the being brand. for mm -hmm. everyone. Yeah. Not for you, for everyone, something like that. Um, and so what they're trying to say is that they want to, create a luxury brand that is for everyone but that's as we said kind of counterintuitive to what luxury always aspires to be right to be mm. exclusive and so we're looking at this expansion of the idea of luxury and luxury being able to be for everyone so one way that the one of the things that he's very well known for is the the bags, the Telfa bags, the shopping bags, which he, I love the idea, the story of the bag. It was inspired by looking at people coming out of Macy's, the mm. department store with these paper bags and how happy they looked after their purchases. So the bags are shaped in that way and took the inspiration um, from that. But they're not made in um, like exotic leathers or in Napa leather. They're made actually from um fall leather and if you want to get a bag they when they open up the when they put them on the website they sell out in like seconds mm, okay but the way that they try to make it accessible to everyone is that they have this uh, bag security program so you could you can pre-order them um six months before you get them uh it just means that you can't have it right now right like right. I want it now and right. I want it here uh, but what this has done is that it has really stopped the inflation of the price of the bags mm. so um, 
you don't see them for selling like for twice the amount that right. for example this is what Yeezys tried to do like anyone can get a pair of um, Yeezys but the they make them so limited that they sell out very quickly and then they go on the resale market so the resale market is like what makes some of these objects that are not meant to be prohibitive very prohibitive as okay. well that's really interesting because it's about the democratization of fashion and they are trying to control their own market as far yes. as possible, right? By kind of not thinking about the short game, but thinking like, how do I maintain control and not have other people set my prices for me? Um, and I think this idea of democratization of fashion is also why this like, so yeah, tea with the Hermes bag and then like Elise Harmon with the Chanel um, happened as well because I think now people think that everyone has access even to luxury fashion and they have a say in it and they can use it to their advantage. Um, so, you know, some of it is for good. Some of it, I don't know, not so good. I think one of the best things that could come up from this Chanel Evan calendar is really to kind of be a signal of, of things to come that um, luxury will not be defined anymore by like a monopoly or like a, um, I don't know, like oligarchy of like brands that are the heritage brands, but that like there are new people who can set the rules and that the consumers also have a, the power yes. to, to help with this um, redefinition of luxury for themselves. So on that note, I think that's our episode. Um, thank you so much for listening. And if you like what you listen to, please subscribe to In The Vitrine on Apple Podcasts and follow us as well on Fashion & Market. Thank you very much. Thank Bye. You. Bye.